0: Jesus, don't cry.
1: You can.
2: All right, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the AXPX Podcast. I'm your host, Sean DeRegger. With me, as always, Joey Avalos. Hello, everyone. And uh, we do have a guest this week, um, Rob Hunter. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. No problem. Um, this week's this week's topic, and it's kind of brought up by, by Joey because I wanted to talk about Mormonism this week, but then my the guest, um, it was his daughter's birthday this weekend. And, of course, they don't do anything on Sundays. <laughs> so Sunday was out of the question. So we're going to move that uh, to next week. And Joey brought up a topic um, uh, that he's been thinking about quite quite a bit, which is called, like, you know, quote-unquote, new atheism. And we'll get into that in, in, a, in a second. Um, so I figured um, I kind of threw out uh, the call on the Twitters. And uh, and because uh, me and Joey's background are you know if you've listened to the show before are very much we come from like a christian background we're very much in a in a place of searching right now but of course um i wanted to have someone with like with an atheist background and uh rob answered the call on twitter so thanks man for a uh, you know for wanting to chat about that no no worries i i want to talk about it you know a lot more than i do <laughs> and i'm getting a chance to because a lot of people don't
3: Really want to engage in the kind of conversations. And so I, I don't get the experience that I'm yeah. after all the time. So yeah. I'm happy to actually, happy to be here.
2: Um, you write for a couple like online movie blogs, uh, and websites, right? What, what's Yeah, that? I write for Film School Rejects. I'm one of the editors there and I also write,
3: um, you know, news and columns and such as well.
2: Very cool. And Film School Rejects is one of my favorite, uh, movie blogs. So excellent. Everyone, everyone add that to your, uh, I don't know, RSS. Yeah, I have a treasure chest full of kudos. <laughs> All right. Um. Well. Yeah. Rob, the reason why I, ha- of course, I want to have you on the show is because, you, you, uh, and I've noticed things on Twitter in the past where you you kind of briefly go into things. So, um, I wanted to kind of get your uh, kind of your journey. Um, you can be a brief- as brief or as long as you want. Just your journey, like into like. To, I, it's kind of weird because atheism is atheism isn't necessarily like a religion. Like you can't, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs>
3: there no, wasn't. It's a it's state of mind. It's a, it's yeah. a train of thought. Yeah. It's, it is still a belief in the sense that you know you you're you're not believing in these other things in in the various things you've been taught depending on the situation. Um, but yeah, I've actually, I was raised Catholic in a very, um, my, my dad was kind of on the outskirts of it, but the rest of us were raised with my mom to be, um, pretty hardcore Catholic. We, went know, the church every Sunday, um, you know, had the first communion, did all that jazz. I was in Catholic, uh, grade school, Catholic mm-hmm. high school. Um, my grandparents on her side were, were extremely Catholic, very Catholic, and obviously had raised her that way, and then she kind of brought it over to us. Um, so that was pretty much, kind of a given we would question you know hey why doesn't you know dad go to church (laughs) and it was just kind of like he chooses not to and that was the end of it there wasn't really any room for um, discussion about well he might not necessarily agree with it or believe in it or you know care about it it just was a fact he just didn't go and that was the end of it um but you know the grandparents that were big into it it was encouraged my mother was was big time into it i mean she was uh, you know she still is a, a great wonderful woman but she through my childhood was very um strict and hardcore about it um it wasn't you know like carry and like that but (laughs) it was still you know pretty pretty straightforward and pretty pretty strict um and i never really thought about it i mean i I think and i'll I'll say this up front to you guys too i mean i know that you're you're going through your own things here and i don't want to pod as in advance i don't want to offend obviously (laughs) um Either of you with anything I say, Not any kind of right. conclusions that I've reached.
2: No, no, quite a lot, um, right, man. That's that's what this podcast is all about. So, okay, um,
3: yeah. <laughs> I I think that um one of my one of my big big opinions on this whole thing is that I think that most people who are religious, and I'm generalizing obviously, but I'm, I'm going to uh-huh. go ahead and say most anyways, haven't really thought given serious thought to their beliefs. Um, and I think that it's because people are raised. I mean, m- most folks who are raised to have a certain belief, whether it be religious or political or whatever more often than not will stay with it because that's kind of what they're familiar with, what they know, you know, their, their social, you know, morals is what they're familiar with. Um, and religion falls into that. And I think that most people don't really give it a thought. It becomes kind of a second hand, like, oh yeah, sure. I'm a Christian or, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Jew or I'm a, a Mormon, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. You participate, you're active in it, but um, you never really stop just on your own and do some research to it. Give it some serious thought. Ex- you know, give, uh, an open eye and open mind to other views, our thoughts, you know what I mean? It's just kind of, this is what I am. This is what I believe. And I think most people kind of get stuck in that rut. Um, and I think, and I definitely was, I mean, we were, except we were raised this way and that was the beginning and the end of it for the most part. Um, but the first thing for me, um, again, I was, I was living the life and that was what was expected of me, but I, um, we went to a church one Sunday, and uh, we were on our way home, and I was riding in the back seat. My mom and my sister were up in the front, and uh, partway through the ride home, I leaned forward in between the two front seats, and I pulled out the communion that I had kept and pocketed. I hadn't actually eaten it, uh-huh. and I pulled it out, and I made a crack about, you know, is it okay if I save this for after lunch because I'm kind of full right now? <laughs> you know, it, it's I was a kid, you, yeah. know, you know, probably 13 or 14. My mom <laughs> did not really appreciate this. Um, she kind of pulled the car over, you know, in, in a huff, gave me a bit of a, a very, very nasty look, a stern warning and a, a quick little lecture. Um, strongly encouraged <laughs> that I eat it right then and there. And uh, it, it was kind of, kind of a bad experience. You know, we made it home and I was kind of, you know, punished, sent to my room. And um, it, I was too young to really understand what was going on there. But that that seed kind of got in there. The fact that, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, this is. We all acknowledge this is not actually the body of Christ, right? We acknowledge this is a piece of, of unleavened bread. I made a joke, and now I'm being you know treated like like I killed somebody. Um, and like I said, I didn't change my mind right then, but it kind of got into my head. And so as I'm going through high school, and we had uh, you know, like I said, it was a Catholic school. Unsurprisingly, we had a brother, um, you know, like a father, like a priest, but it's a brother um, who was arrested for trying to pick up some uh, little kids at gunpoint for nefarious purposes. Um, and it was obviously a big shock and a big scare and all that kind of stuff, but it was also for a lot of people, what I could see kind of like, no, you know, not really a surprise. And it is, these are the kind of things that kind of added in, you know, layered into my views on things, mm-hmm. the way that the, the, the priests and the, and the stuff and the nuns would, would, treat the students, um, you know, very strictly, very, it, it wasn't human. It wasn't human. It wasn't even humane. It was just kind of like, you know, you're here and you're, you're under God's eye. Um, You know, and there's the regular life, but then there's this weird element to it. And so, as I was probably approaching like around 17 or so, I actually reached a point where I just told my mom, "I'm, you know, I'm done (laughs) with the uh, five, sixteen, or 17. That I'm done with going to church." Mm -hmm. And um, we had a big, you know, big breakdown over it. Um, My grandfather, uh, her her parent, her father, um, gave us would usually give us money every Christmas. He gave me a, uh, a card with money in it. But he came over to me and he handed me personally. I opened it, you know, great. Thanks. And he went and said to me, he says, you can keep that. if You start going back to church again. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I'm a kid, It's a, <laughs> I'm a teenager. It's a good, healthy amount of money. Um, and it was tough, but I'm like, you know, no. <laughs> so that, that was my, my first little instance really of kind of standing the ground and, and, taking a loss because of, you know, of, you know, preferring that this is to stick by my own guns. Mm-hmm. um, and from there, I've just basically, you know, I've never never looked back, except for the fact that, like I said, as I was going through that, I mean, I, I did look into some different things. I read some books on it. I got more opinions on it. Um, I mean, I wasn't, you know, didn't become a scholar by any means, but yeah. I just really saw no compelling reason um, for believing um, I mean, the, the faith and the actual church experience are two separate things. Mm-hmm. And the church experience, I can kind of see a little bit of value to with the social value and the social arrangements, some of that, as far as like you know, having group people that you can share time with and share experiences with. Like if you're new to a community, yeah. I understand that, but that's no different from any other club. But on the faith side of it, um, I started looking at it then, and I continue to, to this day, to think of anybody who, the, the folks who fully believe in it, I, I still like, I can still like them, I can still be friends with them and all that, but I, in all honesty, I cannot help but think a little bit less of somebody who, who believes these things, who, is, who claims to have ser- given it serious thought. Right, right. If that makes sense. Because I, I, don't, I don't understand how anybody, you know, can really can give it serious thought, can look at various things and come to the conclusion that, you know, a God, let alone a merciful God, exists you know and created us and is watching over and has a plan and you know heaven and all, all that kind of stuff um and then you can transpose that to pretty much any other religion with, with a god mm-hmm. it's it's a logic issue for me but it's also a common sensing and i think those two things are separate and i think that they're both valid and i don't see how somebody can give it that kind of thought come to that conclusion and claim to be at all rational yeah. <laughs> so all right that's pretty much where i am now i mean i i you know i'm not like a, any kind of like um you know atheism terrorist. i don't go around pushing in people's faces i don't you know get into arguments over it um i love discussing it though because uh-huh. i love talking to people who do believe and um, to get their views and their stance on things and to see why they believe um and to how, uh, it's rare but once in a while it's not because they were raised that way but more often than not it's because they were raised that way it's all they've known yeah um yeah. so anyways yeah that, that's pretty much it mean, so that's where i am right now oh. i just i, I <clears throat> currently do not believe any of that i'm probably fine but you know that you or somebody else does but you know, the only time becomes an issue for me is obviously when somebody's religious beliefs, you know, are, are pushed on me as far as you know, as far as changing laws, whether it be like abortion laws or you know, marriage laws, stuff like that. If the the core of your argument is because of, it's in the Bible or because the Bible says so, then you're automatically null and void, in my view. Yeah.
2: Cool. Thanks, Matt, thanks, Matt, for sharing that. Appreciate mm-hmm. it. So uh, you'll you'll definitely have a chance to weigh in it weigh in on this. Uh, Conversation today as we deep uh, dive a little bit further into it. Um, Joey, did you want to go ahead and introduce you know why you wanted to talk about this and uh, kind of take it from here? Yeah, for sure, Sean. Yeah, uh,
0: I found it uh, when you and I first started talking. Uh, I guess you know Sean and I've been friends um, for a while. We used to, as some people know, we used to tour together. I was in a band, and uh, what were you doing the time? I always forget, Sean. What was your job really? Were you like a road manager a- or? Uh- it was like a, it was like a, glori- everything.
4: <laughs> it, was, yeah.
2: it was like a glorified roadie basically. Like I think when I met you, I was, uh, I don't think mm-hmm. I was doing tour managing. Mm-hmm. I started doing tour managing and then when I met you, I was like, yeah, stage managing, like stage manager was the title. Right. And I basically glorified roadie. Uh, <laughs> and I would do like videography for him. So they had a camera and I was uh, just shooting the heck out of everything. So, uh.
0: Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, I think when we reconnected, you know, after all the many years of not talking to each other, or, um, I think, uh, you and I were on the same page. We were really into, um, uh, philosophy, different worldviews, um, not just questioning what we believe, but why do we believe the things we do? Almost like the social psychology of, of who we are, you know? And, um, The new atheism, it was interesting. At the same time, you know, we were seeing this huge movement. Uh, You know, we were talking about Sam Harris, uh, a neurologist. um, uh, And then you got Richard Dawkins, you know, a biologist. And then you got Daniel Dennett, the philosopher, and the late Christopher Hitchens, you know, a great uh, author, writer, and um, advocates of this, what was, quote, unquote, the new atheism. I just found it fascinating because – I don't know about you, Sean, but growing up, you know, if you heard the word atheist, almost came with a bad connotation, probably still does to some degree, yeah. but I almost thought like, you know, they worship Satan or, you know, like there are these evil people that live in this tower and, and, you know, do immoral things, you know? Um, so I've always been fascinated with this world. I remember even feeling, um, there's this uh, documentary called the atheism tapes one time on Netflix, and I remember, a couple of years ago, I watched them out of curiosity. But interesting thing was, like, within five minutes to watching, I had to turn it off because I almost felt guilty. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like I was doing something evil. No, no, no. And they weren't saying anything evil. I just was like, wow, you know, I need to to maybe you know put this away and forgive <laughs> myself for what I'm watching here. But right then, I knew there was something wrong with that. Mm-hmm. You know, there was something you know that was not healthy. You know, whatever, whatever, how I saw the world was not healthy. And I, and I, to this day, you know, that's what I think what was curious, not that I was looking to become an atheist or I just found it fascinating because it seemed like it's becoming a movement again. And granted, you know, atheism has always been a, you know, a worldview that's been spoke throughout the generation beyond generations. But this new atheism seems like it's, it's organized or it's trying to get organized almost as, um as some apologists Christian apologists like to call it as uh uh the church of, a church of atheism yeah. you know so well, i just found it fascinating i thought it was very um relevant to uh especially just having elections you know with yeah. a lot of key issues and um seeing these rallies pop up you know the freedom of religion um skepticon i mean there's a list a slew a list of uh <clears throat> Of these new atheists getting together and actually almost putting a unified voice together, so I just thought it'd be interesting to talk about it and get a get a perspective from someone that you know, you know, claims ah being an atheist, what they think about this new atheism. Since you know, I think that's kind of what sparked it. I don't know, correct us wrong, Rob. Did you know what new atheists or atheism meant before we uh, we spoke with you uh, for this
3: podcast? Yeah, I was familiar with the term and I was familiar with the, the idea of the movement. Um, I, I don't fully I, – I, really, I don't know the origins of the term as far as like who actually started propagating the idea. It seems, seems to me that it's – the main core behind it is that it's kind of an aggressive um, atheism mm-hmm. as opposed to like a passive one where you're going to sit back and you know, I'll be over here in my corner where I don't believe. This, this new form of it seemed to be more about bringing it to the believers and bringing it to the masses which seemed to be the kind of like the core of the, of what I view as the new atheism.
0: That, right. Uh, and I think, um, just to interject real quick, Sean, yes. um, with the new atheism, I, I noticed that they, um, uh, they basically say that it's time to stop giving uh, religion respect, you know, um, where you would just let it go, you know, and say, let them believe what they want to believe. And I'll believe what I want to believe to the point. Now it's like, no, they do z- deserve the same respect that any other worldview, um, to allow you know criticism um, mm-hmm. to be under the microscope and to be uh, you know talked about without having this um, this notion that it's off limits, mm-hmm. you know? right?
3: It's funny that you mentioned the elections too because I, I do think that and you know the idea of a an atheist president is is that's not going to happen anytime soon, and it definitely won't happen anytime before you know we get a woman president or you know again a Mormon president or something like that. I think atheist. Is still to reference what you said earlier. Is still kind of a dirty word for a lot of people. You know, even if you don't reach the point of thinking it's you know necessarily satanic or dark, to a lot of people, that absence, um, which all it really is, is the absence of, of a belief in a god. But a lot of people right. attribute it with a lot, a lot bigger absence. And so, I just don't see like I mean any poli- even at any level, <laughs> I don't see any of the politicians. Coming out and saying, yeah, yeah, I'm an atheist, and guess yeah. what? That's okay. Yeah. You know, it's still, it's still a taboo issue for them.
2: Yeah. And you know, uh, for, I was looking at some stuff today, and it seems to be more of a, a prevalent thing, like in the U.S., the, the demonization of, of atheists seems mm. to be more of a U.S., a U.S. trait. Cause I know that over in Europe and everything like that, like, it's, it's almost not, they don't have to be as aggressive. It's almost like the aggression is happening here towards, like, the U.S. kind of evangelical movement. Just because it's it's not in Europe, it's really I don't think it's really that big of a deal. I mean, I, I know there's the Church of England, which is big mm-hmm. over there, but it's still a, very much a secular. Uh, it seems to be a secular, more of a secular nation, more open to. atheism. Yeah, the UK in particular like is
3: is very open to atheism, and and they've got a lot of politicians who. I mean, it doesn't even become an issue for them, yeah. which I think, I think is is the ideal, right? Because this shouldn't be an issue because this is something that it really is and what it should be is a private issue between your you and your you know belief, whatever it might be. Um, unless obviously that belief is that you know if I get in control of a nuclear you know button I'm going to press it, but I mean if if it's if it's strictly a faith based thing or, or religious based thing, I, I shouldn't have to know about it. Right. You know what I mean? And, and I think that that's where the UK is not with their politicians that they don't really discuss. You know you don't see the, the politicians signing off with God bless the UK. Um, the Queen does, but I mean but the politicians don't.
2: Yeah. Well, let's go and take a quick a uh, musical break here, we'll come pa- we'll come back here and we'll unpack. Uh, the, the, you know, quote unquote, new atheism a, a little bit more. Um, so hang on, the hang out just for a little bit here. Um, the first, uh, band we play for you today, they're from Denver, Colorado. They're called Tin Horn Prayer. And, uh, the song I'm gonna play for you is called 1939. It's from the album Get Busy Dying on Bermuda Mohawk Productions, and it's out now. Uh, you can go to tinhornprayer.bandcamp.com. To download the album. We'll, we'll be back right after this. Uh, this is Tin Horn Prayer on the AXPX podcast. <laughs> was Tin Horn Prayer with the song 1939. Their album's called Get Busy Dying, and you can get it right now. Go to their Bandcamp website, uh, tinhornprayer.bandcamp.com, and grab that there. Uh, Very good band. I I really, really dig them a lot. Um, All right, so we're back talking about New Atheism Um, uh, with co-host, of course, Joey Avalos, and then we have uh, Rob Hunter is our guest today. He's the token atheist <laughs> of the show. It's a position I'm familiar with. <laughs> I always hate, like, you know, and I'm I'm one that always hates like throwing labels on people. So, uh, you know, I'm, I mean this what? with all i uh, very much tongue in cheek, Rob.
0: Well, I think that's I a int- it's an interesting uh, transition because I wanted to ask Rob if he thinks it's necessary that we even have the term atheist. You know, like uh, as people say, we don't people that don't believe in unicorns, we don't call them, you know, a unicornist. Or you know that don't believe in Santa, you know, so on, so on. If you think the word is even necessary, or we should just get rid of it, especially for atheists nowadays, you know.
3: I, I, I you know, ideal situation, you wouldn't have to have the word, but I mean, it, it is a world where you know, everything has to have a label, everything has to have like a be able to be broken down into one or two words, soundbite or whatever. And so, you know, I, I don't, I don't mind it. I don't, I, you know, I don't walk around identifying myself as that. But if, if and when it comes up. Um, I, I really even use the word. I usually will say, well, no, I don't I don't, you know, buy into that gobbledygook or that fantasy. <laughs> I'll I'll try and say that this is what I am, and then more often than not, I'll if I think the person's up to it, I'll I'll try and throw in a little jab. <laughs> but um, I mean I don't I don't mind the term. It it's it exists and it it should be succinct, it should be, you know, kind of um complete as far as what it tells you. Like if you're an atheist, boom, that should be the end of it. The problem though is to your point earlier that it does come with a lot of baggage um that gets tacked on by opponents and by believers and other things that they kind of And I'm sure you know there it works the other direction too I'm sure a lot of some atheists will do the same thing and, you know pack baggage onto the term Mormon or Christian or whatever um, but the difference is that that comes usually that baggage comes in the sense of this is the religion you subscribe to you mm-hmm. know this is this is what you say you believe in whereas the atheist is it's straightforward boom I, I don't believe in any of that that's the end of it there's nothing more to it I don't believe like when you die you're, you're dead that's the end of it. And that's fine. That's wonderful. Guess what? That means you should live this life as if it is your last because it is your last, you know? And so that to me is a much stronger message than anything that says, well, live this life. And then guess what? You get, you know, awesome heaven with all your friends and family or virgins or whatever, you know, belief you have. I think it's a lot more relevant and a lot more um, it's just a lot better to be told yeah. this is it, you know, so make the most of it, do what you can here and now.
2: Well, let's go ahead and uh, un- unpack new atheism a little bit. I want—I have some sound clips here, and, we, and and I wanted to talk about because there's kind of a group of guys that are kind of associated with the new atheism term. Um, and Joe, you sent me some information over here. Um, so the, the, it says here that the term is commonly associated with individuals such as Richard uh, Richard Dawkins, Daniel Dennett, Sam Harris, and and Christopher Hitchens, and I guess together. I don't know where this comes from, but they're called the Four Horsemen of New, Th- new Atheism, uh, based off they've, of a, like, yeah, a, they've
3: 2000- done a few, sh- a few uh, shows or presentations okay. where they, the four of them get together and talk <laughs> about it.
2: Okay. So this guy is, basically the term, I think, New Atheism, it looks like you got to start in a, after a 2007 debate. Um, uh, they held on their criticisms of religion and then, and the name, I guess, stuck from there on. So I have a few clips here. I don't have anything from Daniel Dennett. Um, But I do have stuff from uh, from Dawkins and everything. Let's go ahead and... I'm going to play a few clips here. This is Richard Dawkins kind of summing up uh, his beliefs here. Make sure it's not too loud here. The God of the Old Testament is arguably the most unpleasant character in all fiction. A petty, unjust, unforgiving control freak, a vindictive, bloodthirsty ethnic cleanser a misogynistic homophobic racist malevolent bully
4: the useful- so that's
2: uh, that's richard dawkins <laughs> he doesn't know words it. yeah tell us <laughs> how you really feel richard <laughs> and and that's the thing that this new atheism kind of term because it's very much a lot of the criticism it's towards especially Christianity is very biting they they they're very biting in their criticisms of of Christianity especially so that's kind of the i i Think seems to be the connective tissue between these guys here.
3: I um, think it's legitimate, though. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's easy too because a lot of times Christians will you know put a distinction, a marker between the Old and New Testament, uh-huh. and there, they seem to be a lot more forgiving of the old by saying, "Oh, well, that's you know whatever. What's important is the new with Christ right. and all that." And, and even if you accept that, you still have this huge chunk again. Providing you, you believe, you know, the, the, what happened in the Bible, and you believe that it was the word of God and such. You saw this huge chunk, even if Christ came after that, you saw this huge chunk of time where terrible, terrible things were done, not just in the name of God, mm-hmm. which is what we have going on now, but, but actually by God. I mean, horrendous things. Um, and to just kind of like, you know, swipe under the rug because, oh, look, Christ is here now, and now we've got some new
2: rules to go by. Um, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, as an aside here, I think uh, our listeners, um, I listened to a podcast called The Thinking Atheist with, uh, and the host is Seth Andrews. And he just did a, uh, an episode on, uh, the Bible called, uh, I think it's called Bloody Bible. <laughs> and, uh, I highly recommend it. Even if you're a Christian or whatever, I think it's, I think these are legitimate arguments. And, uh, it's a very, very good podcast. So I'm gonna just kind of throw that little plug out there. It's think, it's thethinkingatheist.com. And then you can, you can find his podcast. But, um, yeah, to that point, like, Cause that's kind of a strong backbone too, a lot of people like, and this is why this, uh, the host here, Seth Andrews, why he left, uh, the Christian faith. And he was an he was a, a Christian radio DJ in, uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, he, when I mean, he was like in it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he left because of, uh, the old Testament and, and a lot of things leading him. He started studying the Bible for himself. And that was a big reason why he fell away from it. Cause he just couldn't get behind, uh, everything, and it, it's it's a very good podcast. I highly uh, recommend you guys. Uh, anyone check it out because it'll kind of accent w- what we're talking about here with with the Bible. Because there's some crazy things in the Old Testament, and even in the New Testament, a lot of people glide over things in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move down the line here. Uh, let's see, here's uh, here's Sam Harris. Um, I got a couple from
4: him. The usefulness of religion, the fact that it gives life meaning, that it makes people feel good is not an argument for the truth of any religious doctrine faith really is the the license that reasonable people give one another to keep believing when reasons fail and then uh
2: here's one more uh or sam harris is talking about morality
4: sam harris thinks otherwise if religion were really the the only durable foundation for morality you would expect atheists to be uh, really badly behaved you would you would go to a a group like the National Academy of sciences and these are our, our most elite scientists ninety three percent of whom reject the idea of God you would expect these guys to be raping and killing and lying and stealing with abandon
2: yeah. <laughs> so he brings up the morality issue um that's that's an insulting one when people i've had that discussion before and people right. say
3: you you have to get your morality from the Bible. That that's for a fact where it comes from, and if you don't have that, if you don't subscribe to that um, argument, then mm-hmm. j- just like like Harris just said, I mean, then, then what's to say? What's to keep you from running out there and, and you know killing willy nilly, left and right? Yeah, and it, it's it's insulting and it, it's so simplistic. And there's not much I want to say back to them. I just want to tell them, you know, just how about you just listen to what you just said? <laughs> I mean, it's it's a moronic
2: argument to have. Joe, do you have anything to to bring up about Sam Harris uh, right now, or I mean we can always well, yeah, it kind of ties in with why I asked
0: uh if he thought the word atheist was necessary. Uh-huh. um I watched a recent um lecture by Sam Harris at it actually I think at an American atheist uh convention where he went in there to the lion's dead and said, "Hey, I think we need to get rid of this word. I think it's unnecessary, oh, okay. and um, I actually think it's doing more harm to um." Pushing the main issues, which I think it's interesting when he brings main issues because really, if you boil it down, it's you know, and that's another thing too. I hear a lot of disagreement what atheism really means. How do you define it? You know, there's a lot of different ways of defining atheism, and I think a lot of people think that it's more of an arrogant approach. And correct me wrong, Rob, is that you
3: know for a fact that God does not exist. I've had I've had that put in my face before too, and and. I, I don't see how it differs from somebody who has faith who will say that they know that God exists and that they right. know God is watching over them. To me, it's the same thing. I mean, I, I can I prove it? No. I mean, it, the opposite side it can't be proven either, but I mean, I, I know that it's the case. I mean, I, I, it's not, it's not something that I give any kind of percentage chance <laughs> of being wrong on. I could be proven wrong at some point, but it won't be to any of you. It'll be to me if that's the case. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, it's no different. I mean, this is what I believe. This is what I know. And if I believe something, then I should know it. You know, the, the words should be, um, you know, interchangeable is, when it comes to this kind of thing.
2: And then, uh, all right, I, I got one more clip. I wish I had Daniel Dennett. I'm kind of I'm kicking myself here. But uh, here here's a guy like, of a couple here from Christopher Hitchens. And he he was kind of, he's kind of the, he was, it's a, it's really it's a huge shame. I think it's a huge loss that he passed. And, uh, he I was love such Hitchens, a, I agree. Big interesting loss. voice. And, and very entertaining. Like, that's the thing about him. He's very hard-nosed, but um, always, always entertaining. And here's a couple of clips from Christopher Hitchens.
5: Now, I am uh, absolutely convinced that the main source of hatred in the world is religion and organized religion. Absolutely convinced of it. And I think it should be religion treated with ridicule and hatred and contempt and i claim that right and then here's one more from christopher Hitchens. not scorning the the three delightful children who result who are everything to me and who are my only chance of even a glimpse of a, a second life let alone an immortal one and i'll tell you something if i was told to sacrifice them to prove my devotion to god if i was told to do what all monotheists are told to do and admire the man who said, "Yes, I'll gut my kid to show my love of God." I'd say, "No, fuck you." <laughs> <I'm>
2: not scouted. <laughs> so that's Higgins.
0: Um uh, I wish uh, he he claims to be more of an anti-theist than even an atheist. You yep. know, it's, yeah, it's,
3: uh, That's what I meant by the aggressive um, comment earlier. That, that I think that what I do see from him, like I said, it's, more, it's a lot more proactive and you know, a lot more in in the face of, of the established um, religions. Because they themselves are a part of the establishment. I mean, you look at you look at our money, you look at the Constitution, you look at all this kind of stuff. Um, the government itself, the fact that our Congress, you know, does a prayer. Um, it's it's stuff that you know, I, I stuff that doesn't really bother me. You know, to to for the most part, I, mean, I can go on living knowing that you know my money says in God we trust. But these are the kind of things because they are accepted to be part of the norm that I see where he's coming from. The argument that okay, we need to kind of like you know. Just nip this in the bud and say, "Boom! It's over with us. Let's end this. Let's separate this," um, because you know if you don't believe in that kind of stuff, in whether it be the Christian God or again or whatever Christ, the it is you, you can't deny that it's it's a silly thing if you don't believe that kind of thing. I mean, it's it's just a pure fantasy, a pure you know a magical little tale. And so when you're faced with people that you otherwise respect and otherwise get along with, who have this belief. It is kind of a, it can easily become kind of a divisive thing. And so if we were to eliminate, you know,
2: that kind of thing from rational society, I don't think it would be a bad thing. Um, I have some clips from apologists that we can get into later. Um, That'll that'll be some good stuff to get into here. Uh, uh, Joey, can you tell me a little bit about Daniel Dennett? I mean, he's he's the one out of these four that I'm not, um, in everything that I've listened to, surprisingly, I haven't uh, stumbled across anything from Daniel Dennett.
0: Yeah, Daniel Dennett is the, uh, the token philosopher out of all of them. Um, <clears throat> he, uh, wrote a, uh, a best, uh, seller called Breaking the Spell, Religion as a Natural Phenomenon. Um, and he really holds, what's interesting is, compared to all these four, they have, uh, a unified idea that God does not exist or do not believe in God. But the, the funny thing about it, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that they, agree on everything though <laughs>
1: uh-huh.
0: you know sam harris just wrote a book uh, uh called uh free will and about the illusion of the illusion of having free will from a neurological standpoint and um daniel dennett you know from a philosophical point you know he wrote a book about free will and how it does exist so um you know they don't agree on those terms either but with daniel dennett you know he comes from more of a philosophical uh mindset of the personal god mm-hmm. from what i've read you know that the personal god uh, that's the one in the Bible and, um, and, you know, in Islam and, and what have you does not exist. You know, it's a lot easier to convince someone of a, of a, a deity per se, because you can put whatever, um, attributes you want to a God that creates, you know, as some of the forefathers believed, you know, the deist mentality is a lot easier to explain. Um, but the personal God, it seems, uh, frivolous. Hmm.
2: Do you, do you guys want – do you want to jump into to talking about these apologists? Because there's a – because, you know, to com- combat atheism, of course, uh, the, the, a lot of the evangelicals uh, kind of have schools in, you know, uh, becoming an apologist, <laughs> which is funny because the term apologist is funny because I always use apologists like uh, <clears throat> like Rob say like for movies. Like uh, I I say that I'm a Michael Bay apologist, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> like and it fits here as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's just funny the term that's adopted as an apologist because if you're if you're a Christian, you're not supposed to be apologizing for your faith, right? It's just right. a funny. You, term. You're basically
3: saying, "I know it sounds goofy and it makes no sense." Yeah, but.
2: yeah. Um, here's a clip from uh, it's William William Dean Craig. Did I get his name right, Joey? William Lane. William Lane, Lane Craig. Yeah. Uh, there we are. Okay. And this is basically him kind of talking about what he thinks of people like uh, Richard Dawkins.
5: I would like to come back to an earlier point, if I may, too, and that is the notion that atheists are somehow the intelligentsia among us and so forth. I think this is just completely false. The spate of new books published by the new atheists like Harris and Hitchens and Dawkins and so forth are not sophisticated books intellectually. These are, for the most part, angry, uh, bitter diatribes against religion. And while someone like Dawkins may be a good scientist in his field, when he begins to talk about philosophy and theology, he is merely a layman. And The God Delusion is a very unsophisticated book intellectually. As a philosopher, I, I was just appalled at the arguments he gives in that book. Uh, it is an embarrassment, really, I think. there is also <laughs> So that, that's, uh,
2: that's William Lane Craig. And, uh,
3: (laughs) I think he raises an interesting point that, I mean, he, he's not, not what he meant, but, um, the, the, as far as the intelligence factor goes, he's basically critiquing the book and saying it's not, you know, eloquently written and the arguments aren't, you know, profound or succinct, whatever he's trying to imply there. But the the bigger picture is that I, I think if you did, I don't even think, I know this, if you, if you did a study, if you did stats, if you did comparisons, the cultures and the people who have faith who claim to have faith, who do believe in whatever God it might be, compared to those who don't there is there is a sliding scale of intelligence and of education mm-hmm. you know and I'm not you know necessarily dogging anybody this is just a fact i mean the 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 lower you know educated groups, whether it be like you know you know tribes you know in in some you know foreign country or even the you know people down in the south and I'm not going to dog the south, but I mean you know I mean as far as the people where the education is lower. The faith factor is usually higher. Uh, it's an undeniable, you know, link there, and so make of that what you will. But I don't think that he, you know, can really criticize and, and argue that the atheist movement isn't the intelligentsia. I and mean, maybe he comes across as arrogant, yeah. Um, and, that, and if that's his point, fine. But the facts do sustain that, you know, the folks who are on the the faith
2: side usually, more often than not, by overwhelming margin, have a far lower education level yeah. than and these, those on the other side. And, and and I would say these are uh kind of I, I would attribute this to kind of blind faith, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's so many people that just take what their pastor has to say as like as the word and they don't even, you know, crack open the Bible. Uh or if they do, they take everything back to what their pastor is telling them. And there's a the other
3: thing too is they'll crack open the Bible just to find something to support their point. Yeah. But as I think Hitchens did a really good job of it. Um, you can use the Bible to support pretty much any argument you have you can find something in there um, that supports it because it is it's a it's a fantastically fun anthology of fiction um it's kind of all over the place mm-hmm. but if you're gonna look for you know actual morals and lessons in there it's it's scattershot I mean you, you can't find just one strict thing if you if you're gonna you know, you've got people that pull it out and say oh well the Bible tells me that homosexuality is wrong um, great. The Bible also tells you, you know, that that you know, working on a Sunday
2: is wrong and punishable yeah. by death, or growing your fields on a Saturday. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we can um, have But they, they
3: choose. If they can choose what they want to grab and, and use to defend their yeah. argument. Yeah,
2: I almost feel that talking about what the Bible says about sin is almost a whole other podcast because <laughs> <it's just, laughs> we got into it on our Facebook page uh, the other day, and uh, man, oh man, um, <clears throat> yeah, I would say that that would be a whole other topic. I got one more from Craig here. I have a couple more about suffering. He he talked about suffering. Uh, Very long-winded ones, but I got one more from him that's only about 20 seconds. So here's
5: one more from William Lane Craig. There has also been, especially over the last 50 years, since the late 1960s, a a literal revolution in my discipline, philosophy, uh, in the Anglo-American world, which has brought about a renaissance of Christian philosophy, such that some of our finest philosophers at our most prestigious universities are now... Outspoken bible believing okay. Christians if God- <laughs> um it, what I don't have
2: on here because the clip would have got too long, but he is he, this video, this audio clip's taken from like kind of a uh a, a round table debate on a Christian television show, so you got one atheist in there against basically a christian host and 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 uh and and William Craig and you you hear like the banging on the table that was the guy the atheist guy kind of sitting back in his chair like oh shit <laughs> you know and 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 he follows it up with uh you know who, who where are you getting your information and um it, the, I wanted to play the clip but it just it just got too long them going back and forth but um what what do you, what do you think about that Rob uh, you know ninety three percent of of scholars are are now Bible believing Christians.
3: Well, I mean, or, uh, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure he wants support that argument with a quote from the Bible, but, um, <laughs> I, I, it's obviously not accurate. And even to his point about philosophers in the last, you know, 40 years or whatever are, are developing, you know, grand ideas and new thoughts, even if that was the case, which I don't think that is, but even if it was the case, you're starting from, unlike, again, just to compare it to atheism, which is just a blank slate. We don't believe it. End of story. You're, st- when the Christian side, you're starting from the Bible, which you have to, if you're going to be a believer, you've got to accept as the word of God. Now, obviously there's a schism between those who believe that every word is true and those who believe it's stories. Um, and you can usually catch people, you know, in, in that one too, because you'll find something in there. They just can't quite commit to believing it actually happened. But, you know, it, either way you've got to accept it as the core of your religion. And if that's the case, there's not a lot more you can do with it. You know, philosophy wise or, or thought wise, this is the core. This is what it is. Anything else you're going to add to that is just you adding to it. You know what I mean? It's not, you're, if you're going to, at some point, you're going against or above and beyond what supposedly is the core of your religion. So I don't think that, oh, you know, so philosophers that? and everything, what, where are you going to go with it? You've mm-hmm. got to basically say, okay, this is my religion. This is what I, I start with. You know, where else are you going to add to it? So I don't think there's a lot more thought that you can actually, or, you know, exp- expound on Yeah. with it. It is what it is. And either you have to accept it or you don't. Yeah.
2: Joey, what are your thoughts on on William Lane Craig? I I, I find him to be very kind of uh, uh, kind of full of himself a little bit. He feels like he's kind of the smartest guy in the room. What 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 are your thoughts on on him? Uh, Joey? To preface, man, I was
0: very disappointed uh, with. Uh, I was in Tulsa a couple months ago, and I flew out on a Sunday, and uh, he was actually at my friend's church that day. I didn't know. I would have stayed one day just to listen to him what? talk for the mere fact because I. In some ways, I understand where he come, where he's coming from, but my complete view about apologists in the first place, I think they're unnecessary. Um, I find William Lane Craig, you know, and not to try to attack him as a person, but I find his, his way of doing things and what listen to his interviews. He's a wordsmith. Yeah. He, he (laughs) likes to use a lot of big words and it sounds very intellectual and uh, scholarly, but the layperson could not digest one word he's trying to say or make it just seems like he's using words to his advantage
2: to say something but at the end of the day i sometimes go what did you say yeah he's he's a very eloquent person but he's very eloquent at saying nothing almost
0: yeah and not and not to attack william lane craig you know this this show is not to attack anyone or where they you know it's like one-sided this is you know uh, Apologies in general, but I, I get—I guess—I get disappointed. Like even the other ones, like Dinesh D'Souza. Um, I've watched a lot of times when he talks to the church congregations, and he, you know, he results to ad hominem. You know, these people are supposed to be, you know, uh, holding Christian individuals, and they're talking about these atheists or new atheists um, as like he described Christopher Hitchens. You know, tousled hair, wearing a trench coat like a child molester, but still looks really cool you know um which is funny like coming
3: from the christian side
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah and it just i find it uh you know sad that honestly i don't i don't think it's necessary no matter what um i think apologest uh, apologetics in a sense i don't know if it's really making a difference except if it's just um preaching to the
3: choir i think it's yeah. big money i mean i think the the back and forth between them because even i mean like i said i love hitchens um, uh, Dawkins. I, I, I like a lot of what he has to say, but I, I do think that he goes a bit overboard sometimes. I mean, bottom line, people on both sides are just people. Um, neither one of them, neither side, has you know any individual specific advantages. Um. So you, I think there, there, there's like, you know, about, people go above and beyond as far as the cruelty goes and the meanness mm-hmm. and the comments and the criticism on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do agree that, I mean, you've got to have a core argument still. And I, and I think on the atheist side with these folks, they have core arguments. They're bringing it to the Christians or to the believers. And if all the only response you can get back is a few insults and, um, you know, quotes from the Bible and it basically comes down to, well, it's in, bottom line, it's in the Bible. That's not a response. That's not a retort. That's not an answer. So I, I think on, on that side, yeah, obviously I would lean towards the atheist, but I mean, but both sides can be snippy back and forth. Yeah. Right. Exactly.
0: And that, and that's, I think more of the, from the apologist side, you know, you would, would hopefully expect them not to, like, when the doors are closed, when they're not debating and they're talking to the congregation to, uh, they, they do something that I don't like. You give them a, a perspective of a person that they never met and you're already telling how they are. But it's incorrect because I've watched the same debates. I watched them handle it. That's not exactly what they said. You know, right. that's not, what, and they're just computing this stuff. And I feel like, are you really doing yourself a service, um, helping out your community? Or, you know, I don't, I don't really see it making a difference besides a monetary thing for them and writing books and all that stuff. But an atheist, when I, when I talk to these, my friends that are, are atheists, um, you know, they just, they don't, It doesn't do anything. It actually makes their non belief even stronger. (laughs) Right. So I don't know what their real goal is. I, I think, you know, I don't know if they really think they're making a difference, but, um, Mm -hmm. I don't think they
3: are.
2: Well, I got a clip here from a couple of guys that do think they're making a difference and they have the smoking gun. And I'm sorry. I know, I know we say we try not to make fun of anyone, but I'm, I'm the, I'm the cynical, sarcastic person of the, of the, of the show. So, (laughs) so I think it's easier for me. Um, but, uh, Kirk Cameron. Uh, and um, and uh, Ray Comfort they have the smoking gun here let's take a listen
1: hold this Kurt behold the atheist's nightmare now if you study a well made banana you'll find on the far side there are three ridges on the close side two ridges if you get your hand ready to grip a banana you'll find on the far side there are three grooves on the close side two grooves the banana and the hand are perfectly made one for the other you'll find the maker of the banana, Almighty God, has made it with a non-slip surface. It has outward indicators of inward contents. Green, too early. Yellow, just right. Black, too late. Now, if you go to the top of the banana, you'll find, as with the soda can makers, they placed a tab at the top, so God has placed a tab at the top. When you pull the tab, the contents don't squirt in your face. You'll find the wrapper, which is biodegradable, has perforations. Notice how gracefully it sits over the human hand. Notice it has a point at the top for ease of entry. It's just the right shape for the human mouth. It's chewy, easy to digest, and it's even curved toward the face to make the whole process so much easier.
2: And it's shaped like a penis. Bravo. (laughs) Sorry about the audio quality. It wasn't the best audio quality. It's it's YouTube, but
3: (laughs) sorry. Was he he being serious? I mean, I've seen seen the two of them do arguments before and give different examples. I've never seen the the, the banana exposé.
2: I've never seen this, uh, in context. I've only seen this clip because it's just gets thrown around the web so much. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like you can kind of see Kirk Cameron next to him kind of giggling a little bit. So it's almost <laughs> like, you know, is he? No, because it, he's thinking
3: penis, penis, penis.
2: <laughs> I mean, but if you look, if you see any of other Ray Comfort shows, um, he has one about, uh, I forget what they call it. Have you seen this, Joey, where they have like a half duck, half something? Oh yeah, like, design, yeah.
0: Like why why evolution is is not not right? Yeah.
2: Right, yeah, yeah. So you know, I don't know, but I me, I mean, I I feel like just seeing Ray Comfort stuff before he is serious, but um, no, he, yeah, he was just, anyway.
0: he, They uh they corrected him. Uh, they? <laughs> he he's been known as the banana man. Um, you know, with today's uh bananas that we have in the stores, how. How incorrect his uh, thought on it, because they're genetically enhanced and uh, processed. The ones that you get in uh, in nature are not the ones we get. You know, they've gone through a process. So, um, you know, his his analogy there is kind <laughs> of false.
1: Shucker.
2: Anyway, so that was that was kind of a fun one. Um, I do have one more clip, and he, this guy's not on your list, but I actually really like what he had to say. This is Harvey Cox, and he's a professor at the uh, at the Harvard Divinity School. And he had this to say about, uh, when asked about kind of his thoughts on atheism.
4: Sam Harris thinks otherwise.
2: Ah, that's wrong one, sorry about that guys, here we go.
5: It always makes a comeback, uh, I think, when when religious people get too arrogant. (laughs) When they begin to look as though, or speak as though they know it all, uh, when they begin to uh, impose themselves in ways that are unwelcome to other people in the society. Uh, then uh, atheism uh, is a kind of a, for me, a welcome critique of this arrogant.
2: So, I mean, I like how what I like how he talks about. It. It's like a welcome critique, and uh, you know, it's kind of it is kind of. I, I feel like you know the 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 far right, like the GOP or whatever, like they're making a strong case. Uh, they're they're making an atheist job easy. You know what I mean.
3: Well, to his point too, because these, if you look at when these, like, when these three authors started putting their books out, um, it was in the middle towards the end of, uh, Bush's, you know, reign as president. Right. And, um, he, he, he was, you know, worse than anybody as far as bringing, you know, the God equation into politics where it really has no realm. I think the bottom line for me is, I mean, you, you can go back and forth with somebody as far as, you know, the, the argument for and against, you know, believing, um, the evolution thing. They can argue against evolution, which is fine, but, even if evolution wasn't true, it doesn't automatically make it true that, you know, man with a white beard in the sky created everything. So I think that their their whole the whole point of their argument is is false in the first place because they're not really presenting, you know, other options or other thoughts. They're saying, well, here's the argument why this doesn't work, so therefore it's God. Um, but I think if you leave all that aside, if you leave all the squabbling, if you leave all the, you know, I've got proof here, I got, don't have proof here, you all decide. The bottom line it comes down to is that you in an ideal situation, you should be able to coexist obviously, with the different beliefs. But the reason why people like Hitchens and others had to become so aggressive over it is because it became impossible to to coexist. Because again, just, you know, you know getting out trust on my dollar bill is one thing, but pushing through laws um, based on religious beliefs is another. Having churches, you know, be allowed to fund, um, you know, the, the, the Mormon church in Utah pumped millions and millions of dollars into the, um, the gay marriage amendment in California mm-hmm. a few years ago and defeated it. Um, one, they're in a completely different state. But two, this is a church who, because of their beliefs, is fighting against something that they don't agree with. So it's not individuals, it's a church. It's a religious belief that's, that's causing these things and taking away potential rights, regardless of which side you fall on, um, from, you know, other people in the society. Even though, you know, in, in that particular case, it would have no bearing, you know, on the Mormon. It wouldn't, so two gays getting married has no effect on the Mormon church in the slightest. Mm-hmm. But they still fought it because of their beliefs. And I think that's the core. So that's where Hitchens, I I think, again, even though he can be aggressive, I think that's where he's right to say that these people with their goofy beliefs, um, are affecting and are forcing and are changing our lives because of what they believe. And that's the line that shouldn't be crossed. The extreme, obviously, is the, you know, the Muslim terrorists and the, you know, the, you know, the, the the bombs and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, the Christians, for the most part, don't do that, but they're still ruining lives and, and damaging lives through laws and through, like, you know, oppression and through hatred and through preaching racism and, you know, homophobia and all kinds of other things. And that is the key issue, which is where I would agree with Hitchens, that, Mm. you know, I don't think it would be a bad thing if we kind of laughed in the face of these people um, and said, great, you believe what you want to believe, but there's no reason why I should know about it or why I should be affected by it.
2: Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's the reason why the past few years, why I started kind of moving away from... um, uh, that's why I started questioning things was because I'm very much for, you know, people's rights and individuals rights. And whenever I would post anything on Facebook, like supporting gay rights, like all my evangelical quote unquote friends that I've had throughout the years, just, uh, they just like bombarded me with, with, you know, just going against it's weird. Cause you say like, Hey, this person has a right to do what they want to live their life in peace. And then to have people, Uh, object to that statement like a simple statement was really crazy and I had people like sending me like personal messages on Facebook like are you are you okay like (laughs) I think we need to talk because because you're giving sin a pass and all this kind of stuff and uh and to me it just got so exhausting that I was like you know this can't be you know this this can't be uh I don't know it just wasn't for me you know what I mean so that's the reason why I started kind of breaking away and, um, it's just weird. Like, p- p- people ask me, like, well, what are you? Like, I'm like, well, I go to church every now and then. I do like the worship music and stuff like that. I like, I have friends there. I do like, it's a, the one chance since I have, you know, three kids now. It's my one chance I can see certain people, uh, friends with, with the worship, uh, the worship leader in our church, uh, really kind of laid back guy. And, uh, but as far as like calling myself a Christian, I can't because I, I don't feel like, uh, I have all the answers to call myself a Christian, and but but then again, like I feel like I can't call myself an agnostic either, because cause agnostic is also as bad as atheist, <laughs> certain circles, <laughs> you know. So it's kind of a you know catch twenty two. So you know, I always I, 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 go ahead. Oh, I I always just tell people I'm just uh, I'm I'm you know I I believe there's something else bigger than us. I'm not sure what it is. So that's pretty right. much right. Where I, I, stand. I was gonna
3: ask. I'm kind of curious about that because. Yeah. I don't see how anybody no they're two separate things, but I, I for me I anyways, mean, from my perspective, I don't see how anybody who, who gives it time and gives it rational thought um and gives it serious effort can one accept on the one hand the you know the the church, the the organized beliefs, um when you do have all this, you know, negativity that comes out of them
4: mm-hmm.
3: um as far as affecting other people and you know oppressing other people. And on the mm-hmm. other hand, how do you again how does the same rational person who's given it thought Still say, well, yes, I I do believe that there was, you know, a man in a boat and he floated above a flood that covered the world and, you know, blah, 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 all sorts of stuff about the God and about the God created us, you know, with a purpose and he's watching over us and he's everywhere like Santa Claus. Um, And I see that uh, the way you're talking and what you're saying, I kind of see how you moved away from the first half, which Mm -hmm. makes sense, um, because these aren't groups that I think are um, like I wouldn't be proud to be a member of a group, right? Regardless of, of the of the point of it, that you know, supported those kind of things. Um, but I'm curious how it plays into the other half, as far as your belief, and and you say you're agnostic as far as looking and stuff. Mm-hmm. But how it plays into you know the actual forget the the effect on on people, but the the facts of the matter, as far as okay, like is there are, something out there? Did did someone create us? You know, yeah. is there heaven? That kind of stuff.
2: Well, for me, I mean, and I, and I've said this before in past shows. I mean. As far as like the, you know, quote unquote biblical, biblical history, all these stories, I, I don't know. And I feel like they're kind of myth, uh, kind of, uh, oral myth that's been kind of finally written down. Um, and there's like, each story has some sort of a point to it, uh, mm-hmm. like a moral to it. And, but as far as like something be, like, being bigger than me, I mean, having like, I think just, uh, I mean, I just, I just, uh, had a baby, uh, he's four months old now. And it's just kind of seeing like a baby being born and just how, you know, how life is created. You know, yeah, there's scientific ways to explain it, but just kind of seeing the intricacies of like a, a newborn baby. And, uh, just, I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain to people who don't have kids. And, um, but just kind of going through that process three times kind of showed me like, you know, and, and we don't know it all. And, but i feel like there's got to be something there's got to be something bigger than us that we don't understand um just because how humans are kind of you know on, on this earth like as like kind of top of the food chain kind of thing like we're really the only species on this planet that kind of creates and builds and invents and, and and you know and i'm sure there's scientific ways to explain all that but i don't know that's kind of how i explain it it's very it's not very i'm not very good at explaining it um, I, I understand it,
3: but, but to, to the point of the people though I mean, we weren't always at the top of the food chain. Yeah, we we weren't always building things. I mean, we you know it went through the you know the survival of the fittest um, for a long time before. Yeah. Obviously, we started inventing and
2: you know putting things together and putting pieces together and building you know homes and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's an interesting discussion that I'm totally welcome from any side, and uh, and and I I think I've always. I, I kind of feel like there's certain things that are more important in life than kind of worrying about trying to figure mm-hmm. everything out. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm okay right now personally with just, um, looking at the Bible as, as, as stories, most of them stories. Who knows if it's history or not, but there's certain things you can take negative things from the Bible. You can take positive things from the Bible. And, uh, that's the, that's the strange part of that book. Um, well, it's like *East Fables*. I mean, there's there's yeah. a moral, there's a morality you can find in there, a
3: lesson, right. um, you know. But it, it it doesn't mean that the players
2: or the authors <laughs> are telling truths. Yeah, but yeah. what, what do you think, Joey? Where are you at with the? With this? Um yeah, it, it's an interesting discussion
0: because um, what I I don't really have problem with uh, the Bible per se um, in many aspects because I've I've been for the last two years I've been studying. Basically rebooting how I see the Bible mm-hmm. and, um, maybe, uh, trying to understand it in the light of its context, uh, historically, you know, and understanding the, that the Bible itself is not one book, you know, and mm-hmm. what were the authors were trying to say? And, um, you know what? I've, through the, through the two years that I've been studying historically, I had to be honest with myself. My, I had that bad theology, you know, um, and I think with anyone, I, I encourage anyone that is really cares and wants to, st- to study the Bible to really take on those hard questions, you know, and take on, um, history and, and try to figure it out, you know, and who Jesus was. Um, what was his real message? Not what the church, modern church tells you it is. What in context was, you know, supposedly J- Jesus, if you do believe that he is this, um, what was his message, you know? And I, I've come to, to the understanding that I do believe that Jesus did exist. I believe that he was an apocalyptic prophet, uh, part of a, a very moving, uh, apocalyptic, um, sect of Judaism in first Judea. And, um, I really think that he believed that God was going to intervene very soon and take over the forces of evil. And, um, and the way i look at it now is that and of course it, within their generation you know they're uh with these other um disciples and whatnot before you know they wouldn't see death before the the, the coming of, of god so i think of course that didn't happen and so i think christianity itself spurred off that as cognitive dissonance of well maybe we misunderstood what jesus was trying to say and i think that's how how if you see the evolution of christianity as as a belief system and how if you really study early on christianity how many different ideas you got the gnostics and you got all these different ideas of who jesus was actually was he human was he just pure god was he you know what is that and i find that fascinating and i find that unfortunately, i don't think the modern church most of the modern church doesn't doesn't talk about that stuff and i think it's a disservice and Honestly, um, a lot of these people, uh, that are leading the churches are learn this stuff in seminary, but they don't bring it up to their congregation for many reasons that we can speculate. But, um, to go back to your real question, I think where I'm at is I think I've always had the problem with the theodicy. And I'm not sure you guys understand what theodicy is. is the, it's the idea, the philosophical point of you have a all loving, all powerful God and there's evil in the world. There's suffering, but. At the end of the day, I don't think anyone knows. And if you claim that you do know, it's just arrogance. And I think it it doesn't add to the conversation. You know, I think we're all should be open. And if, you know, I I'm open to the evidence. Then be open to the evidence. But if they're not there, then don't believe. You know, or change your your theology. You know. So.
3: I would think though that just to to your last point right there. Um I think there is plenty of room for arrogance. I was, you know, a lot of people are right. arrogant, yeah, but I don't, I don't agree that the claim, I and mean, because again, I, I think that what I know and what I believe, um, have got to be the same thing. I mean, they've got to be synonymous because that's the point of, of belief. And if I don't believe in God or any of that, everything, anything that comes with it, then I know it's not the, I mean, I know it's the case. I know that those right. things don't exist. And I don't think it's arrogance to say so. I think that, I mean, I can, I can sit here and I can be completely open. I mean, I, I can say I, 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 you know, here's my, I believe this, and down the road, if something does come along, and change my mind, then I, can, then I'll say I can revise that think there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with somebody who, who, you know, changes their view on something. Um, but until that, until that time comes, I mean, I've got zero reason to expect <laughs> that, you know, to use your point earlier, that a unicorn, you know, will come, you know, flying in from the sky. So I think mm-hmm. that I'm within my, my rights to say, you know, I know that unicorns do not exist, or I know that pegasus does not exist. You know what I mean, and so I, I don't think there's anything necessarily arrogant or wrong with saying that because there are certain things that are, you know, not the case. They're just not true. They're not going to be true, and you know, I, I think that that's it's, it's, I would err more on common sense um, than worry about you know crossing lines arrogance or worry about crossing lines well, you know, I'm only human. I, I don't I don't know everything, which is true. I don't know everything, right? But I I do know. <laughs> the unicorn's not gonna come into my living room. <laughs> right, and I, and I, I guess uh, I would have to maybe
0: rephrase what I was trying to say. I do not di- disagree with what you're saying at all. Um I, I think the word arrogance, maybe I've used that too loosely and maybe taking it on saying you're being arrogant by thinking that. Um I think it's more the, I think the possibilities of like, maybe you could say you don't believe in a personal God or a God that exists at all, but even the, you know, like the Lawrence Krause, he says, who knows there could be you know a, a a god out there or whatever we want to call this thing a god that created everything and did all this stuff but as a scientist there's nothing no evidence pointing hey this is the attributes this is the person or what being did this and i take that you know i understand um i've studied this uh, a lot you know and i like i said i my my personal view i take more the theodicy of it of the personal god to say that there's something greater like Sean says out there. I don't know. Neither does anyone else, but I don't really think it's, we can sit all day and make conjectures about it. You know, it's, it doesn't mm. matter. It's not going to make a difference if you say, I believe it. No, I don't. Well, that's cool. But you know, I think what, what i battle with and what I'm against is fundamentalism. You know, I think, uh right. you know, like the Christopher Hitchens and Dawkins, I don't think they're really going after the cultural Christians or the, you know, the, the Sunday Christian that goes and then goes home and watches football and, and does whatever he wants all week and then just shows up on Sunday. I think he's really going to people that you want want to restrict education, want to teach like creationism in schools, mm-hmm. uh, want to stop certain laws based on their the- theological belief systems of, you know, like gay marriage or abortion rights or um equal rights, even that. To that mm-hmm. So I, 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 do agree with you, Rob. I, 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 apologize. Maybe I should have rephrased that in a better way. So I didn't mean it that way.
2: Uh, so no I apologize. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. um, let's take, uh, let's take another musical break here and we'll come back and wrap up the show. Um, uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up and see, see where we're at, see what we accomplished on the show here. Um, but first from St. Clair Shores, Michigan, uh, his band is called undesirable people. And, uh, song I'm going to go play for you right now. is called Eugenics from the album Eugenics. It's out now. Uh, We'll be right uh, right back after this listening to the AXPX podcast. Should we bother... The song Eugenics from the album of the same name. It's out now. Go to Undesirable Undesirable and uh, check out if you like that song. Um all right, guys. Um we gotta wrap up soon and I kinda wanna see like you know where we're at after this discussion. I mean, to me I feel like I feel like personally both sides of these discussions, like where you have the new atheists over here trying to uh propagate their 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 non-belief, right? And then you have the fundamental apologists over here trying to combat what it, what the atheist what the atheists are saying um you know kind of going back and forth back and forth and I feel like personally it doesn't really accomplish a whole lot um as far as the conversation goes. Do you guys think there sh- the conversation should be uh, approached from a, a different level? do you think the conversation is even uh, relevant in this day and age? like what do you guys think because uh, i I feel like they're pr- both kind of they're both approaching it wrong do you guys think there's a better way to approach this conversation or should it even be approached?
3: I, I think that, um, I'll, I'll jump first. Sorry, Joey. <laughs> no, you're fine. No, I will go for it. <laughs> um, I, I do think that, you know, for the most part, both sides preach to the choir. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that sense, you know, what, what is it really accomplishing? Um, but beyond that, I mean, the argument has to be said. And so the fact that, um, on the non-faith side, cause if you go back before the past decade, you're not really going to find, um, books, let alone bestsellers, um, you know, are arguing that side of things, arguing the non- non-belief side of things. And so I think it's good to get that kind of stuff out there. Because even if, if nothing else, it gets the, the conversation going, it gets the thoughts going. And so if you've got somebody who is a believer, who maybe, you know, found time to have a little bit of doubt, wants to do a little bit of research on it, whatever, mm-hmm. um, and come to a conclusion, and, you know, and if they do all that and they come back to God, well, you know, they're, they're a bit of a, I don't know if be insulting, then that's fine. <laughs> but, you know, at least they have the option to do so. And the fact that there are these books up there that people that, you know, these authors who are high profile, who get themselves on shows and on talk shows and all that. So there's more of an awareness of it. And so people can read up on it, can get different views. And it's not just about, you know, like, a, like we were saying, the arguments about, you know, okay, well, the idea that a guy created this is silly because we have this science here or vice versa. Um, it's not just about that. It's about the effect that the faith and that the belief has on the, on humanity in general, but mm-hmm. so nobody should care what the individuals
2: think.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but everybody should care, you know, what, what's being forced down somebody else's throat and forced into their homes. Right. What's, what's affecting public policy in any country right. you're in. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Joey, how about you, man? Yeah, I think, um,
0: honestly, I think it's here to stay, you know, and the one thing we didn't bring up in this, which we, you know, now I re- kind of regret, but <laughs> the power of the internet, you oh, know, yeah of this new atheism, um, I think it's here to stay. You know, I forget who, who, who did you, um, showcase? Was it a, a priest or something talking about, he welcomed these, uh,
2: waves of atheism coming uh, at him, you know? Uh, Har- Harvey Cox. He's from right. the, uh, Harvard Divinity School. So it's right. kind of more of a secular, um, you know secular approach towards religion anyway but
0: right and i mean he brings that point but i don't think this is a, a wave that's going away anytime mm-hmm. soon i think because of the internet because of the information just think about it 10 years ago even uh 10 15 years ago where would you even think about listening to scholars or even people to debate on this you would end up having to pay, spend uh, go onto to a college website and spend 30 40 for the you know the vhs tape for it mm-hmm. you know um to see that you know and even where did you get this idea you know to do that and i think technology and um individualism on the internet with youtube and whatnot i think it's going to strive this new atheist movement which should be interesting social uh social wise because um i don't know you know i see a lot of interesting things even with the current re- uh election with mitt romney i found it very fascinating that his religion wasn't brought up that much and me myself, you know, with question a lot of stuff. I found it kind of scary in a sense, not that I'm a fearmonger on this, but you know that I've saw some recent um discussions with him about his religion and for someone that really truly believes in this apocalyptic imagery that mm-hmm. a war must happen in the Middle East so the second coming of Jesus, I I I can't I don't, I don't want a guy that has, you know, keys to the nukes, you know, or anything like (laughs) that. Everybody should go back and read or watch the dead zone, see what happens. (laughs) Because I don't share that belief anymore. I don't, I don't believe, I don't believe that the, the book of Revelation is, is for a modern sense of Mm -hmm. interpretation, you know, so I can't share those apocalyptic visions of that, you know, this, this world is going to come to an end with this cat. It probably is, but. Probably for the wrong reasons,
2: you know. <laughs> yeah, it's because people aren't uh, aren't wanting to care for our planet or anything like that. Because, uh, you, you, man, we're gonna open up a, open up <laughs> a can of worms here. I know. I apologize. <coughs> no, but just uh, just there's there seems to be in the fundamentalist Christian like just they don't they don't care and they think that global warming and stuff like that is kind of a hoax or whatever. And they go, well, and I even talked to my wife about this, and you know, she's kind of well, it doesn't, you know, none, none of this really matters. The the election doesn't matter because you know. Jesus is gonna come back someday anyway or whatever and it's like I'm like, no, that's just the wrong attitude to have because we need to take care of what we got right now, even if even if, you know, Jesus is coming back or whatever. It wouldn't I don't understand why you wouldn't want to take care of the planet <laughs> why you yeah. wouldn't want to like recycle or you know, or whatever. Just uh there seems to be a level of just um oh, I don't I don't know, I can't think of the word right now. They just they well, don't. It's not forward thinking. And yeah. to what I
3: said earlier, I mean, even if you believe that something else is coming afterwards, it, it, by no way, shape, or form should you devalue or lessen the value of this current existence. Yeah, exactly. And even if it's not for you, I mean, what about your kids? When you die yeah. and you're in heaven and you're celebrating, your kids are going to be here for another 30, 40 years. Yeah. You know, and then their kids, and then their kids. Why? you? Why, even if you believe in the afterlife, why would you not want to leave this place as pristine treat it like a national or a beach or a national forest? I mean you, you leave what you came in with, you know what I mean? yeah, I mean it's just treat it like you, and leave it as beautiful and as pristine as you can and as as good i mean to use like a just a generic term yeah as good as you can because even if you're off happy someplace else you there are people that you love and care about who are still here on this planet yeah
2: well i, I I'm sure you know what, Joey, we'll have to make a note uh we'll have right. to talk about uh environmentalism uh in an upcoming show. Definitely. Oh, sure. Um, we can talk about that. You're, uh, you're going to have to bring me back for that one or the uh, sin one. I'm happy to do that.
0: Sure. Yeah, man, we will. <laughs> um, well, you know, it'd be interesting, man. In the first quarter, I'm actually planning on going to uh, at ASU here in Arizona. Um, they're having a debate on um, warm. Uh, what is it called? Uh, climate, uh, the climate, the debate change. on climate change. And it's brought to you by Lawrence Krauss again. So I'm looking forward to that as well.
3: Where in Arizona are you? Uh, Phoenix. Oh, I'm in Mesa. Oh, man, we might have to change numbers and get some lunch. <laughs> Excellent.
2: All right, guys. Say, as far as that environmentalism, I'm also a vegetarian, so we can bring that and do it as well. There you go. Oh, <laughs> um, well, uh, there's just so much to talk about with this stuff. I feel like at the end of each show, I always feel like we barely scratch the surface of anything. But um, we gotta got to wrap up here. Um, for this can show. I say one last thing? Sure, man. Go for it. H- highly recommended, if you guys
3: haven't read it or any listeners, Christopher Moore's novel, Lamb. Okay. the gospel according to biff Christ's childhood pale is a it's a, it's a very funny book but beyond that more knows what he's talking about it's it's a very serious book as well and it's it got a lot of emotion to it a lot of you know, heartfelt views towards you know religion and faith um, in the process of, of being a very just a, i mean like like laugh out loud you know crying very funny book
2: very cool yeah I'll definitely check that out um, as always, uh, rob uh, Rob Hunter, thank you so much for chatting with us about this. Uh, oh, definitely. You know, it's always always fun to get fresh perspectives and different perspectives in each conversation, because um, otherwise it'll be just me and Joey kind of going back and forth, agreeing with each other. <laughs> uh. Well, I'm happy to say you're both wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you can find oh, Rob. Uh, where can people find you on Twitter? They read uh, your, uh... Twitter. It's fake, Rob Hunter. Awesome. It was funny
3: once upon a time. Um, <laughs> and then on my app, saw obviously I'm with uh, com.
2: Very cool. And you can find me, uh, I am on Twitter, find me as TheAXPX. Uh, you can also find on Facebook, uh, Facebook page, facebook.com slash TheAXPX. I would love to have you guys uh, like that page and throw in your two cents. And Joey, where can everyone find you on the internets? Uh, Twitter, Joey Avalos, my name, and... Uh... Yeah, that's probably it. Awesome. And, uh, Joey, I'm gonna have to actually make you a co, uh, open up the, the AXPX page so you can start sending people there too. Alright. Thanks contributing. Good. Um, uh, like, like, thanks so much guys for, for chatting about the subject. Uh, if you have, uh, if you're listening and you wanna, you know, chime in, you can drop me a line, Sean at the AXPX also, uh, drop me an email if you want. But, uh, that's gonna do it for this week. Next week we'll be talking to, uh, uh, we'll do the, the Mormon episode uh, that we were planning on doing this week and that should be a very good discussion uh, as well since uh,
3: who doesn't love magic underwear <laughs> <laughs>
2: we'll be um, talking about that for sure we'll be talking about it so join us next week and as always have a great week and we'll talk to all of you guys very soon bye <laughs>